Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show here on Legends 810 with your Garden Wise Guys. Jim Borland, that's me, and Keith Funk, that's not me. He's over there. Good morning. Yeah, indeed, it is a good morning, and it's still dark. It is. But then not it's for gonna long. It's going to get darker. It, no, the 21st, it starts getting lighter. I know, but the 21st is still in the future. Well, <laughs> and we don't know about the future, do we? No. <laughs> By the way. Yes, Nice to ba- have you back from hiatus. Why? Yeah, it's, it's actually good to be back. Medical science is great that they have medication for that now. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that next time. <laughs> While I've been gone, you guys didn't get any snow or anything here. No, it was so boring. We didn't even. We got spit on a couple times with some sort of what you might call rain. Nothing like what you experienced. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and for folks that don't know, my uh, wife and I spent the better part of two weeks in in Hawaii, in rain country. God, we could have used some of that rain here. It rained and rained and rained 24 hours a day, three days in a row. It rained like an inch or two an hour. I mean, the down, ocean, I don't mean rain, I mean downpours. The ocean must not be very salty around that well, island, huh? The ocean is a lot lower now. <laughs> <laughs> All that rain came in. Man, it was rain and cool. It's the coldest it's ever been in Hawaii. Well, you had snow. You had blizzard warnings up there on Mauna Kea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the big island. But that was only at like 13,000 feet. Uh, And we got to see that uh, like for an hour one day Mm -hmm. because it was cloudy the rest of the time. Uh, But, yeah, the whole top of the mountain is just white, 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 white. The ski country now. No doubt. Yeah. Probably they're still getting snow up there. Man, it ra- I've never seen rain that, that hard and that long. One morning from uh, 5 in the morning until, psh, I don't know, 11 or so, 7 inches of rain fell. At, at the <laughs> One hotel. morning. One morning. Morning. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> that's, that's half a year of rain for us. I know. Well, the rest of the day made up for the rest of it. All 15 inches of it came down that day. And then it rained more. How do they deal with all that water? <sighs> uh, well... Um, they they closed schools because the streets were flooded. <laughs> really? Yeah, I figure so. <clears throat> um, uh, Waikiki Beach, the the main drag in Honolulu, um, foot of water running down the street. Mm. Uh, mudslides all over the place. They um, they didn't close the national park, but they said if you go up there, there won't be anybody there. All the all the rangers stuff. They stayed home because they <laughs> lost power. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they made them all stay home oh speaking of losing power did you lose any power during that windstorm we had um we did we Brief, did, briefly we did too for a couple oh, of hours oh, take that back no no we did not although we did get a call from public service saying your power will be back on shortly you know have have faith hope and faith uh-huh. it'll be back well it never went out oh but yesterday 
we had a blip that mm-hmm. lasted for you know less than five seconds. Mm-hmm. It was enough to change all the clocks and of course <laughs> turned yeah. off my heater and and I and I rediscovered that when heaters, the space heaters, go off from lack of electricity, they don't come back on. You have to go back and. That's probably them. a good thing. Um, well, I'm going to get a surge protector because <laughs> that's where all the plants were. Oh, it <laughs> got down to 40 degrees out on our on our plant porch. Ooh. Yeah, that's a little chilly. So uh, anyway, anyhow, everything came through fine, uh, no problems there, and uh, so you didn't get any snow here, and and not, nothing forecast for the next week. Mm-mm. So our last major rain of any sort was like end of June. Yeah. God. <laughs> That's terrible. Dry. It's dry. Terrible. Now, even even having said that, uh, the snow snow levels, um, state statewide, <laughs> statewide, <laughs> we're running at seventy eight percent of normal, of mm-hmm. average, I should say, not normal, but average. Yeah. Uh, South Platte, which is where we are, sixty nine percent. Now that doesn't that does include down here, but when they add in the higher country, and the South Platte River drainage area, it's up to sixty nine percent. The Gunnison river basin is at 92 percent of normal so somebody's getting snow well we just they just got a bunch of snow up there just recently yep yep and the uh, interstates were closed down during that windstorm i wouldn't doubt uh, it certainly in the high country just because of blowing snow well and blowing semis over <laughs> to long <laughs> 93 close to us here why they shut that road down and i think uh i-70 east of here they shut it i down. wouldn't doubt it because uh, yeah. people were <laughs> being blown over. They had over 100-mile-an-hour gusts even in Kansas. Yep. Sustained 90-mile-an-hour winds around here. I think they measured 120-mile-an-hour gust up on um, 93. Mm. Man, that's enough to blow over all cars. Even Volkswagens are getting <laughs> blown over. <laughs> Hey, our phone number here is 303-477-2473. Yeah, let's talk just, about plants. Yeah, just in case you don't want to talk about Volkswagens blowing over. Yeah. But we did find, I did find, I should say, <clears throat> a new echinacea. Yay, it's been a long time. Yay. We're up to 742 now. Ooh. I don't think we'll break <clears throat> 822. No, so often we get up to 800, but that, that ain't going to happen. There are a number of them in the offing. I see on Facebook I get postings from literally all over the world and uh some of them are coming in with uh with new ones unnamed yet they have to be tested but there are a bunch of them in the pipeline mm-hmm. ready to come because we don't have enough we don't no gotta have at least a thousand the latest one i found was one called deep pink show off they're they're running out of names <laughs> they're just making them up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't have the list here in front of me, but there are some really cute names out there. Names which will never live in infamy, but... Mm-mm. My favorite one was tomato soup. Yeah. That was a good red. Weak plant. Really weak plant. Yeah. Some of these varieties, I don't think they're paying any attention sometimes to the vigor of the plant. They're just going for flower color and shape. Yeah. They don't care about anything else, and I wish they would. I wish they would care about vigor first. And survivability in the garden, and then flower color comes second. Yeah, Yeah, but we won't be included in that survivability in the garden. We're just too small, too many, too few people here to be concerned. You see that with introductions coming, with especially shrubs and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, most of them, 
<laughs> Forget it. You can't grow them here. <laughs> no. And how? How? Let's see. We we have some native echinaceas, right? One. We, one. Just one. Yeah, Angustifolia. No. Yes, Angustifolia. Yeah. All right. Would that be considered a drought tolerant echinacea? Well, it grows on the eastern plains. So. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably the only one in the world that is. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know if that one has been used in uh, in all these br- the breeding co- uh, breeding um, exercises. Well, I just ha- have. I have to laugh when I read on the internet or anywhere that echinacea is a good plant for xeric gardens and drought tolerant. That's like, what are you smoking? <laughs> Not here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You don't give them enough water, they look like warmed over death the whole season. Yeah. And who wants that? Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't want that. No. I, I broke down and planted that uh, Tennesseeensis. Yes. That uh, Plant Select came out with. Yes. I planted that this last year. And I planted it in an area that is perpetually moist in my yard, simply because I knew it would like that. And uh, we'll see what happens. You know, the first season you put it in, it, they don't do much. Well, oddly enough, that was a that was one of the rare echinaceas. Mm, that's in, what in you said, while. yeah. Yes. Uh, and from uh, of all places, Tennessee, mm-hmm. <laughs> thus the name. But I guess and and they've been doing revegetation with uh, with new plants, so populations are now scattered where they weren't before. And and finally, I don't know how it ever made it into commercial production, but it did. Mm-hmm. And plants like picked it up. Picked pick it up. <coughs> Listen to me. I forgot how to speak while I was gone. <laughs> a lot of things happen while you're not here. <laughs> yeah. I had to remember to tur- where to turn off when I was coming to the studio this morning. I'd kind of forgotten. Well, your short two memory stinks. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be reminded of that. No, wait a minute. I do. <laughs> oh, dear. So that's it. That's it. Huh? Did you? F- well, you posted some some really cool pictures of things. Um, it looked like you went in to some garden centers, or yeah, went to a, 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 the garden center in Hilo. Okay, uh, they, they don't have garden centers like we have here. Yeah, um, there's really only one that I know of, and there are others around, but they're they're really tiny, like backyard kind of things. And that's about it. Um, and then uh, that and Home Depot. Mm-hmm. which I don't think I've posted any pictures yet. And that wasn't as good as it has been in years past. But it, it is remarkable to see what they offer there compared to what we offer As here. outdoor <laughs> landscape plants? Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know what those are, why go to any garden center here and, and stick to the tropical plants inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what you see in uh, Home Depot and, and, in, and in people's gardens. So, well. Uh, from that standpoint, it's it's always fun to go into other parts of the world to see what they what they're doing there. Did add two new plants to plants that you can grow here in Denver outdoors year round. Yeah, and you can grow almost at the beach in Hawaii. What's that? Outdoors year round. What's that? Hosta. Okay. And Pinus nigra. Austrian pine? Yes. Now, I can't say I ever saw any in the landscape, but they were offering it for sale in this one garden center. Well, That's done. outdoor plants. Hmm. So I'm up to, I think, something like 43 species. 
that you can grow here and there in Hawaii. I just think that's remarkable. It is. Very remarkable. And if we could grow rhododendrons and azaleas, I could add a lot more to that. (laughs) I'm sure you could. Hey, I was was watching uh, some postings from Paniote. Um, I guess he recently took a a trip to Patagonia. Patagonia. Yeah. And was lamenting that um, limber pine has gotten turned loose and is becoming an invasive species there. And when limber was um, lodgepole, lodgepole, yes. lodgepole, not yes. limber, <laughs> yeah, lodgepole pine, <coughs> and it was interfering with the monkey puzzle trees. Yep, yep. They had introduced it as a timber tree, mm-hmm. and it escaped. Oh, really? It snuck out one night. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? Oh, nothing. And it was covering the ground. I mean, obviously it can compete in that particular area better than can the Norfolk Island pine trees, which are native in in that area. Yeah, um, apparently the limber pine, lodgepole pine grows faster. Yes. And so it outcompetes the yes. the native flora. Yeah. And by the way, there are more than one species of Norfolk Island pine. Yeah. There probably is only one Norfolk Island pine. Right. But there are many species within that genus. Of Araucaria. Yeah, Araucaria. Ar- and you have to. You have to say that out of the side of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's Ar- right. Araucaria. <laughs> and then add a arg at the end of it. Yeah. We're an eye patch. <laughs> Well, we're being silly here, folks. We want to we want to be silly with you. If you give us a call at three zero three four seven seven twenty four seventy three, and we'll talk about plants um, blooming in my on my plant porch, are and I'm probably not going to move from this. I'm just going to leave them there. Um, there are a bunch of uh, Christmas cactus blooming their heads off. Mm-hmm. I bet they like that cool temperature out there. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> However, the colocations don't like it very much. No, they don't. <laughs> Oh, dear. But that's okay because that slows them down. Yeah, and the last thing you want is gigantic plants this time of year. I just there. have to remember not to water them. Yeah, yeah. Because if they go dormant, all the, all the better. <clears throat> I've got one, two, one, two, three, four varieties that I didn't let go dormant. Mm-hmm. They're in small pots because they were young plants. But I, I've got them on the floor where it's cooler yeah, so that it slows them down. I don't want them to become giant plants over the winter. And I'm thinking about getting more. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought of that, too, when you posted something about that. Got some plants or, or, or noted that you can get some plants through Etsy. Yes, there's a, a website. Uh, actually, yeah, it was Etsy that had a. A, a source of a, an, a variety of different variety, <laughs> a variety of a varieties of colocations. A number of of, of varieties of colocations, uh, and for reasonable prices, like yes, twelve or thirteen dollars. And I thought about ordering some, and I said, wait a minute, I have one and two, bananas three, too, four, five. I already have six. You already have six kinds, and yes, or six plants, six kinds. Well, six plants too, but. Yeah, and I, I, I don't have the room for because they're going to grow. They are. Okay. <laughs> and I already don't have enough room for them, so I, I don't need <clears> any more. <throat> I'd like to have more, but 
I'm going to have to come over to your place. Can you grow some for me? And I could take them to home for the summer and then return them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was just, I was roguing plants out of my basement just this last week. I was like, I don't need that anymore. I don't need that anymore. I don't need that anymore. Out to the backyard it goes. Yeah. Maybe it'll make it through the winter. No, <laughs> it won't. But what I did find was spider mites. Yeah, I'm always, God, I always find them. They are such a pain. I know. And I, I spray some of the plants down like three times. And, and I wait for two weeks and check out the leaves. And there they are again. Mm-hmm. They're, they're new ones. Yeah. You, typically, but they're there. So I'm, wait, I'm waiting for all the colocasias that die down so I can get rid of spider mites yeah. for no other reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I just <clears throat> brought that up for anybody else out there that's listening. If you brought plants in from outside that you're going to winter over for next year, check them weekly. Yeah, yeah, do check them. Every week, check them for bugs because inevitably there's going to be something that comes in with them. I don't care how careful you are. Yeah. Even on my plumeria that I cut every leaf off of and scrubbed down the stems <laughs> and sprayed it and soaked it with a systemic in the soil. Guess what I found on that? Mealybug. Thrip. Thrip. Okay. Stupid things. Yep. You're always going to have thrips. You no, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't have thrip in my basement. That's where my orchids are. Okay. And you get thrip in your or- I had thrip in the orchid collection, and that was miserable. Because they, they find any bud that's coming along, yep. any flower bud, and damage it before it can even open. Yep. And then if it does manage to open, the flower lasts for two days. Yeah. And it, just, it gets destroyed. And they transmit diseases, too. Yes, exactly. And, and orchids, you don't, <coughs> want to, you don't want viruses in your orchids because there's no cure for viruses. You have to just throw the plant away. Yep. Speaking of orchids, one of the places we typically stop in when we're in Hawaii is, if I have to pronounce this right, Aktasuka. Okay. Orchids. I think you stopped there, didn't you? I don't know. Atsuka. Is it on the way to the... To the volcano. To the volcano, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's right right along the road. Yeah. And, and it's one of those places that the uh, tour buses come in and they, yeah. and they dis- <laughs> disgorge all their customers. And all <laughs> along the road there are the gingers in bloom. Oh, yeah. Not, oh. This, not this year. Not, not this, this time. Year? Not this time. Oh, either. my gosh. But anyway, we walked in there, and typically it, it's a big place, and lots of orchids for sale, mm-hmm. lots for show and tell, and it was, it was a shadow of its former self. No. Yep. The gift store was closed, Ooh. and they had boards up limiting where you could actually go. Huh. And, of course, you have to, in, in Hawaii, everywhere you go, you have to wear a mask. Everywhere you go. Okay. No matter where it is. You, and they were really... It's pretty tight about that. Yeah. They make sure you wear it when you walk into a store. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they disinfect your hands, too. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, they'll come over and point and say, you know, disinfect your hands. So that, that much has changed. Oh, dear. Well, they rely pretty heavily on tourism. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And I think the tour buses are, sh- are shut down. Are they? All right. I, I didn't see but one. And typically, they're, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Not now. I just remember going up to that place, heading toward the park there, or the volcano, and just rivers of ginger oh, along yeah. the sides of the road. Just mm-hmm. in full bloom, smelled <clears throat> incredible. And then to learn that 
nobody really planted those no. there. <laughs> no. <laughs> they kind of got there on their own. Yeah. yeah and are, are a bit of a weed. But, man, what a beautiful weed. It is pretty. And, and the white one is really very fragrant. Yes, it very, is. Very, very nice. And that, that's what in, inspired me to bring home a tuber and, and get that started years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And at, <coughs> at one point in time, I think I had three 24-inch pots of it. Mm-hmm. And they'd, I'd winter them over at Paulino's in one of their hoop houses. And then I bring them home, and then by the end of summer, they were five feet tall and in full bloom. And there were that yellow and white one. Yeah. Is, is that coronaria? Coronaria, I think it is, yeah. Oh, okay. Coronarium, yeah. Yeah. And then I just got tired of it. Same with Gave me. Gave Where we stayed is, is a, really a botanical garden. Yes. And it's, it's not as good as it used to be, but there's still just tons and tons of plants all around. Anyway, they have lots of gingers and lots of... And, and not just the ginger you're talking about, but relatives of it all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I got to know the owner, and I said, do you mind if I go in there and, and dig up a small tuber of each one of your?" And I did that. Mm-hmm. Dug them all up and cleaned them up. Oh, I cleaned them and cleaned them and took them to the, uh, the federal plant inspection place. Oh, you did and, it legally, huh? Oh, yeah. And, and, and boxed them up and had them stamped and taped shut and, and tied shut and had them sent home. And they planted them outdoors, and they all grew very well for the most part. But uh, outdoors, the season's not long enough. Yeah. I got one bloom on the Cahilly ginger, and that was it. Yeah. And I said, mm, I don't think so. You didn't bring mm, them all in, huh? No, I'm not going to do this again. Well, we should take a break. Yeah, we should take a break and come back. We'll take your questions, but only if you we have no callers. Give us a call and ask us a question. And the number here is three zero three. 477-2473, right here on Legends 810. As a gardener, you already know that happy, healthy roots translate to happy, healthy plants. Unfortunately, not all potting mixes are created equal. And without a good soil environment for healthy root growth, your houseplants, herbs, and other potted plants are sentenced to a life of hard labor or worse. That's why all gardeners need to know about Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix. The choice of professional nursery and greenhouse growers, a long-lasting all-purpose performer, Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix has everything necessary your plants need to thrive, including slow-release humates to promote healthy roots and vibrant, vigorous plants. When you want to know which product works best, find out what the experts use. Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix. Your plants will love you for it. Ask for Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix by name at your favorite independent garden center. Jared's Garden Center. Tagawa Gardens, Wilmore Nursery, and Nick's Garden Center. Be sure and tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 on Legends. And we are back. And we will take your garden questions as soon as we get one. There will be no waiting. So if you ever had to wait before, 
There is no waiting now. 303-477-2473 is the number to get in here to Legends 810 Studio. And uh, Sean will answer the phone when you call in. And uh, I don't know. He has a list of questions I think he asks. And it changes every week. So you never mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Be prepared. Yeah. Hey, are you, uh, are you still growing any amaryllis? No, I think I, I have one. Maybe you know. two. I forget now. But, yeah. I, no, I got rid of the rest of them. I got tired. I know. Me too. I had probably a dozen of them at one time and ended up giving them all away. And now I'm kind of hankering for well, buying some more. Yeah, you can always <laughs> get them. They're always, always available someplace. Yeah. Um, they well, just, you they seen, take up a lot of room after they're done blooming. And the blooms don't last all that long. No, they don't. You get, uh, what, <clears throat> a couple of weeks of color yeah. out of them, and then you've got the whole rest of the year. Yeah. Nothing to look at, really. Yeah, and, and you still have to take care of them. Yeah. My uh, father-in-law, you've seen his amaryllis yeah. down in yeah, Alabama. I already told him I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he plants them out down where he is. <clears throat> He's in northern Alabama near Huntsville. Um, plants them outdoors in the ground year-round, and they develop these massive clumps. I mean, it, he grows them like daylily, like we grow daylilies like day or iris yeah. here. <coughs> and, and they just get to be these massive clumps with dozens of flower spikes <laughs> on them. It's just obnoxious. <laughs> like I said, I told him, I don't hate him. <laughs> I don't want to see that. You'd think that when they came into bloom like that, he'd, he'd cut some and, and put them in, in a vase inside. But no, yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't bring them in. They're off to the side of the house, so you have to go and find them <laughs> to look at them. And, you, and you know, something that spectacular, I, I would think you'd want to you'd think. be at front and center. Yeah, we think. And, and they last reasonably well in, in a, as a cut flower. Yeah. Um, I, I did see a, uh, a display of, I'm going to say hundreds. It may not have been hundreds. In in uh, the Chelsea Flower Show, mm-hmm. I, I've said I've mentioned this before, but it was a whole I'll call it a booth, but their booths are a lot bigger than our booths over here, and uh, and they had hundreds of them, just the flowers, mm-hmm. and they had them displayed upside down, hanging the stems upside hanging down. the stems upside down, and then they fill the stems with water. Okay, and that's how you view them. So they must have hung them high enough where the flowers were at eye level or so? Yeah, a little bit above eye level. Because, you, yeah. you know, some people are taller than others. Yeah. <laughs> and, which is, and I have some pictures of it. It's just remarkable. That's a unique way of displaying yeah. them. And, and they typically, well, the whole show at that time lasted only three days, yeah. which I find is just absurd. Yes. But, uh, but I imagine they probably had uh, cut stems somewhere they bring them in every day and replace any ones that were mm-hmm. starting to fade can you imagine how many plants that is to have to grow to get them to bloom in time for those three days that's why and then to have backups yeah that, that's why i would like to have spent a lot of time and talk to a bunch of these people and figure mm-hmm. out how do you do this how many hundreds of plants do you have to have can i come see your nursery yeah please <laughs> i don't want anything i'm not gonna buy anything i just want to see how you do this education yeah well, speaking of education, we've got people on the line now. Yay! So let's get out there and talk to some folks, starting with Nancy in Denver. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. I just wanted to call and thank you for your recommendation of Liquid Fence for rabbits. Oh, yeah? Is it working I, for you? It is. I put it on last Sunday, and I have not had a rabbit in my yard all week. Yay! Bless I'm your so heart. I'm so excited. Oh, that's wonderful news. Well, I yeah. know it works for me. I'm glad it's working for you. It is, and now I've got to order another 
thing of it, another jug of it uh, from Amazon, because you said that they last, it lasts about six weeks, right? It does for me, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And it probably oh. lasts longer this time of year because, the, you know, no rain, no watering <laughs> going on <laughs> so yeah, no, to, no. to wash it away. So uh, it probably lasts even longer during the winter. Uh, but you're using the granules, right? Right. Yeah, right. that's the way to go. And it doesn't, at least I didn't smell it as <laughs> a bad smell. Oh, dear. Okay, well, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell people when they're applying it, be sure you're upwind as you're applying it so none of that dust gets on your clothes because then you'll bring it in the house and then your significant other will wonder, you know, you need Where to take a been? shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't. I mean, uh, I washed my clothes right away after I got done and rinsed off my shoes because yeah. I wore those clog, uh, Crocs or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, But I didn't, while I was putting it on, I didn't notice any well, good. Any, uh, any odor well, or maybe, bad odor. Maybe I mean, my nose is just, it. yeah, yeah it's, it's not the most pleasant thing, but it works, and yeah. I'm glad it's working for you. It, it is, and thank you very much. I've gotten rid of my rabbit, and I saw one in the neighbor's yard, and I thought, yes! <laughs> Go elsewhere. That's right. That's right. So, well, good. So thank you for the recommendation, and happy holidays to both of you. Well, I appreciate the call back. Thank you for your uh, uh, results, and I'm glad it's working for you. You have a great holiday. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Yeah, liquid fences. I mean, it's it's been around forever. I most it used to be very readily available in the nurseries. I don't know that it is anymore. Apparently, Nancy had to go to Amazon to get it, but um, that was that's been my go-to uh, for rabbits in my yard. And I and I like the granules because they last longer uh, than the liquid. <laughs> it's kind of funny to say, get some liquid fence granules. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But it works. It's, it works beautifully. And they don't seem to get used to it. I mean, so, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but sometimes a, a repellent will work for a while, and then suddenly it stops working because they get used to it. Or it no well, longer. Well, the rabbits mutate, you know. Mutate, <laughs> yeah. Their, their noses become, uh, they come nose deaf. <laughs> they just hop over it. <laughs> they just hop over yeah, it, there's, yeah. There's a TV commercial about being nose deaf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I've experienced being nose deaf a number of times. You know, we had, we had uh, bacon and eggs yesterday at home. And, you know, when you fry bacon, it kind of stinks up the whole house. It's not stink. Well, that's a good stink. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, after a few hours, I'm tired of smelling it. Well, you get nose deaf, too. Yeah, it. you get nose That's true. You do. That's a combination, I think they call that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that one, that one works quite well, and I highly recommend it. Brussels sprouts. I, oh. I, I don't get used that that you you don't you don't become nose deaf to that one. That and cabbage, <laughs> yes. cooked cabbage. That's that sticks around a long it time. It does. It does stick around a while. So we do any cooking of that, and and the dishes get washed immediately after that. Oh, and the windows are open yeah. in the winter. <laughs> yes, curry's and, the same. And if, curry's the same. Yeah. And yeah. if there's any leaves or anything left over that go in the compost bucket, why that yeah. gets taken out that night. There too. you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, uh, back to the phones. Uh, yep. Shirley is on the line and wants to talk to us out in Arvada. Good morning, Shirley. What's up with you today? Well, good morning. I hear you talking about amaryllises. And how do I make mine bloom? I have three of them, and they grow beautiful, but they never bloom. Do you fertilize them on a regular basis? Yes. And you give them plenty of light? Yes. That usually is enough. 
Um, and I'm assuming you're not letting them go dry in between waterings. No, I, I keep them wet. So, okay. uh, they, uh, but they grow beautiful, but they die off and, uh, no blooms. Well, we usually tell people just to keep them around and eventually they'll bloom when they feel like it. Their normal blooming really? season is spring. So, you know, blooming for Christmas is a very un, it's unnatural for amaryllis. They have to be uh, encouraged to do that. Um, but normally, when you grow them as a house plant, they're going to be a spring bloomer. So, hopefully. Oh, just give them a lot of sun and a lot of water. Yes, while they're growing, they need to be watered pretty regularly, and they, they definitely like a, uh, to be fed regularly as well. Okay. What do you suggest to feed them other than plant food? Well, I, I recommend, what I use is a 20-20-20. A uh, and there's, there's a lot of them available, but I know people who use miracle Grow. There's a number of different, but it, I usually typically tell people to use the, uh, the water-soluble powder that you dissolve in water every, when, and use that when you water. Yeah, that's, I use miracle Grow. Yeah. I dissolve it first and uh, then yeah. water the plant. That'll work. Uh, but uh, lots and lots of light. I mean, they're, they're a very highlight plant. They prefer to be in full sun if you can. Well, most of the day it is. Good. It's in the south window. Excellent. And, uh, but they just grow. Well, I'll try that and see if, uh, if that'll work. Do they, uh, do they go dormant for you? Yes. And are, are they dormant I now? I one now that's uh, lost all its leaves. It's gone dormant. And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm waiting for it to start blooming again and uh uh, growing again not blooming and uh and where do you where do you put them while they're dormant i I just set them back and quit watering in them Uh uh-huh jim do you think it would be helpful for her to put them in a cool room while they're dormant yeah it wouldn't hurt any um i don't pretend to know what the natural conditions are where they where they grow natively but my guess is there is probably a cooler time of the year, and that's probably their winter. Uh, I remember right there a southern hemisphere plant. Yeah. So their winter is is our summer. But mm, you okay. know, they, I yeah. have two, two that's growing very slowly. Okay. And the other one is dormant. Well, you might try taking the one that's dormant, and, and if you've got a nice cool room someplace where you... You can set it near a sliding glass door or someplace like that where there's a, the temperatures are colder, not freezing, obviously, but it doesn't have to be in much light because they're dormant. Uh, but the cooler temperatures might help. How long have you had them in those pots? Oh, quite a while. You might think about, uh, especially the one that's dormant, knocking it out of a pot and then... When, when it's not dormant, I uh, received... Uh, a Christmas or two ago, and it was in pla- uh, wax. Ew. The the bulb, the whole bulb was in wax, and that's uh, and I left. I think maybe I'll take the wax off it now and just uh, put it in a pot. Yeah, that's what I would do. I'd, I'd repot it with new potting soil 
and making sure you don't plant it too deeply. They like to have what they call the shoulders up above the soil line. Uh-huh. And, uh, and repot it. Um, I don't know if I would even water it then. I would just let it sit there until it starts re- It'll tell you when it wants to start regrowing. It'll start sending up new green shoots, and that's the time you can uh-huh. then start watering and fertilizing and well, give it more okay, light. I'll try that. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Sure You're thing. welcome. Have a good Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Shirley. Bye-bye. Thank As they you. would say in Hawaii, mele kalikamaka. Is that right? Yes. That's Merry Christmas in okay. Hawaiian. All right. I don't have the I don't have the the accent down, but <clears throat> they they of course would not call an accent. No, of course not. Well, she brought up a good point. You know, the, the last few years, something that's been really popular with amaryllis is to encase the bulb in wax. It keeps the moisture in. Yeah, but. And typically it's a wax of some kind of color, either red or green or yeah. gold or white. Uh, and, and you just sit them out on the counter and they bloom without being potted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, eventually they have to be potted. And yeah. I would highly recommend removing that wax before you pot them. I would too. And if they're older, have been around a year, why the outer scales will be starting to come off anyway. So the mm-hmm. wax should come off pretty easily. Yeah. But like Jim said, it's, uh, it's important that about half the bulb is above ground. The I mean, yeah, it sounds counterproductive, but it's the way it works. Mm-hmm. And the bulb should get bigger each year. Should. If it's getting smaller each year, that's why it's not blooming. Yes. That means it's not getting enough light and perhaps uh, not enough fertilizer. Maybe the pot is too small. It could be. They do have big fat roots. Yeah. And they take up some space, so... Uh, you know, we want to make sure that the pot is large enough to accommodate that root system. But not too large where it stays wet too long and yep. rots. Yep. So there's a balancing act that has to happen there. When the bulb gets to be the size of a basketball, then you have to throw it out. I'd like to see that. <laughs> there are some big bulbs out there. There are. Yeah, the one that I remember <coughs> seeing the most at, at really large bulbs is um, Red Lion. Yep. The variety Red Lion, which is a deep scarlet red. It's just gorgeous. And flowers as big as your face. And the bigger the bulb on any amaryllis, the bigger the bulbs you can find, the better the flowering is going to happen. And the more expensive they're going to be. They will be more expensive, but they'll also be more vigorous. And you'll, instead of just getting one stem of three or four flowers, you might get two or three stems yep. of four or five flowers on a stem. Hey, speaking of and changing the topic entirely here, yeah. which I want to do. Okay, do that. <laughs> I posted, a, I shared a photo on Facebook of the largest tropical hibiscus flower I have ever seen. That was amazing. It's 11 inches across. And that's a tropical hibiscus, a tropical, not the, not the no, hardy perennial ones no, we have here. Some of those do get that big. Yeah. But, uh, the tropical ones typically not, but this one does, which in my mind I'm thinking this is the start of something new. Uh-huh. You know, expect to see all the tropical hibiscus to be a foot across. <laughs> and it, multiple colors in the same flower, <clears throat> yes, too. It was yes. amazing. Yeah, not your typical plain, ordinary red right. or yellow. Uh-huh. Because they come in multiple colors now. And I, I saw some of those at, at the garden center in, in Hilo, Hawaii. They had a couple of them in their garden center that were of this multicolored flowers. Yeah. So they're starting to come into commerce. So they're, they're in Hawaii now, folks. <laughs> Getting closer. It's only a, a plane ride away <laughs> <That's right. laughs> before they'll be in garden centers everywhere. There you go. 
All right, we have to take a break so that Sean says, and he's the boss here. So we're going to do that right here on Legends 810. Flowers make holiday celebrations extra special. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we make it easy to thank a host, send holiday wishes, and deck your halls. Let us help with your gift list. We can deliver fresh floral bouquets and holiday plants locally and across the country. At Lafayette Florist, it's easy to send a heartfelt sentiment. Visit our website for beautiful holiday choices. Order online at www.lafayetteflorist.com. Call us at 303-665-5555 or stop by. We're open daily. These unprecedented times call for making new memories and flowers should be a part of everyone's celebration. Make those holiday video calls a little brighter with flowers in the screenshot. Send an Instagrammable floral hug to all the special people in your life. Call us, order online, or stop by. We take care of all the arrangements in all parts of the country. Lafayette Florist, Gift Shop, and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. The friendly folks at Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden look forward to seeing you during the holiday shopping period. Complimentary hot cider and hot chocolate plus cookies will be available for your enjoyment. Our elves have turned the greenhouse and gift store into a magical winter wonderland. Jared's has one of the best stores around. You'll find delightful Christmas ornaments and decor, as well as unique gift items for everyone on your list. Items from whimsical to elegant. If you haven't visited us during the Christmas season, you'll be very surprised at the variety and quality of the available product. Fresh-cut Christmas trees and greenery are in stock and looking beautiful. We hang our trees so you can easily see all sides. You'll find beautiful noble Fraser and Nordman fir, as well as Grand Douglas and Balsam fir. Most are available in several sizes, from 4 feet to 12 feet. There are limited numbers of trees above 8 feet tall. There are limited number of 10 feet and up native con collar fir available. Santa's helpers will put fresh cut on your tree and tie it on your vehicle for a safe trip home. They do, however, really love pickups this time of year. Wreaths are available in sizes from 8-inch rings to 12-inch rings. The elves can provide a bow or even custom decorate a wreath for you. You'll also find fresh garland and bows of various kinds. Locally grown poinsettias in several sizes and beautiful Christmas cactus are in stock. In addition to Christmas decor and gift items, of course standard everyday items you might need are available. Potting soil, decorative pots, house plants, seeds, mulch, things you expect to find at a garden center no matter the season. Jared's Christmas hours are 9 to 7 weekdays and 9 to 5 weekends. And we are back on Legend Day and taking your phone call. By the way, here's our phone number, 303-477-2473. That'll get you right in here, and Sean will pick up the phone and ask you a series of questions. Some very personal. Yeah. <laughs> and some tougher than others, so yeah. uh, get your paper and pencil out. And know and, your favorite color. And have all your records available. <laughs> Social security, report cards. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Most current Visa credit card number. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All dear. those good things. All right, let's get back out to the phones. Patty's waiting to talk to us out in Thornton about poinsettias. Good morning, Patty. Hi, how are you? Excellent. What's going on with your bad self today? Well, um, I'm trying to figure out. My husband always buys me a real nice poinsettia for Christmas. Uh-huh. And how do you keep them alive? <laughs> oh, well, you need to give them some pretty good light. Do you have a place you can do that? Well, I got it. I have it on the kitchen table in a south garden window. 
how close to the window is it? It's quite a way. I mean, it's maybe a four feet. Hmm, that, yeah, depending on the size of your window, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you might want to put it in stronger light oh. um, and make sure it never goes dry. Well, they have to be. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe I was watering it too much. And you have this 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 foil on the on the bottom of the pot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would take that off. Oh. Or punch a whole bunch of holes in the bottom. Okay. Because when you water it, it that water has to drain out, and it doesn't mm-hmm. do that with all that foil on there. Well, that's what I did. I took it out to water it, and then yeah, it's done draining. I do that a couple of times. I screw this foil, oh. throw that away. <laughs> I, yeah, I used to do that. I mean, it's pretty and all, but still, come on. Yeah. So oh. anyway, that's what you do, and keep it out of drafts. Do not let it get cold. If uh-huh. it's next to a doorway, um, not a good place for it. Okay. Can they go all like all year? I mean, can you I, keep them alive all? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You can even put them in the garden uh, once things warm up next spring. Really? Temporarily. Yeah, yeah it, oh. but only <laughs> yeah only for and you have to wait until it's really warmed up. Right, oh. June. Yeah, June. Oh. Sometime in mid June, probably. But most people don't do that because poinsettias are bug magnets. Yeah. And they will attract every bug in the yard to that plant. (laughs) Although I don't know if Japanese beetles eat them. Oh, they probably do. Probably. (laughs) Why wouldn't they? Maybe that's the way to get rid of the bugs is attracting to that. Yeah, you plant a whole bunch of poinsettias out in your yard. (laughs) Yeah. And then at the end of the year, uh, burn them. Burn (laughs) them. (laughs) Or or throw them over the fence into your neighbor's yard. (laughs) (laughs) They got rid of them, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, orchids, too. I have a question on those. Yeah. Well, I've had these for quite a while, but they're, I've never repotted them. And they're, I mean, they're still going all right. But um, how often do they usually flower? I mean. They, they're usually on a, a one-year cycle. One year? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they, they should flower every year about the same time that, you know, when, when, you, bought, when you got them, were they in flower? Okay, so they should rebloom about that same time each year. Uh-huh. And I like to recommend that you repot orchids at least every third year. Every third year. So where do you get the, like, potting stuff for them? Oh, most garden centers carry orchid mix. <laughs> it's not regular potting soil by any means. Yeah, it looks like just kind of like stuff. It looks <laughs> like bark. It, it, yeah, it, bark. It actually should look like bark. Mm-hmm. And, and when you repot, you want to take the, the plant out uh, and and shake off all of the old potting mix. You bare root the whole plant. Oh. It seems like a really ruthless thing to do. Uh-huh. But you shake off all of that old potting s- mix. Uh, uh-huh. You cut off any dead, mushy, brown roots that are rotting. Uh-huh. And then you replant in, with fresh mix. And I usually like to soak that potting mix, uh, soak it overnight in water before I use it, because it's usually pretty dry when it comes out of the bag. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you may be able to put the plants right back in the same pot once you've taken all the old mix off, removed any dead roots. It may fit right back into the same pot. If it doesn't, you want to put it into a, the next size larger pot, into a pot that's just barely large enough to accommodate the existing root system. They don't like, big, they don't like to be in big pots. Ah, they don't like a lot of room. <laughs> no, no. There's no such thing as a, you know, a lot of people say, oh, certain plants have to be root-bound to bloom and this, that, and the other thing. Um, in nature, plants don't know root-bound. Oh. You know, and, and, and orchids specific really don't understand what root-bound. They, they have no idea what a pot is for to begin with. 
Yeah. I, you know, so, I mean, the roots grow in every direction. They grow out of the pot. They grow in the pot. They grow all around. Uh, and that's perfectly normal for them. So just as small a pot as you can comfortably fit the root system in. You know, in those roots that come out, yeah. um, can, you, can you just bust them off? Don't. No, no, don't do that. No. They're important. They're just oh. as important as the roots in the pot. Oh, okay. So when you, do wa- when you water the plant, you want to make sure those roots get wet as well. Which means you're going to be putting it into the sink and use exactly. a spr- spritzer yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. And make sure you use, you know, lukewarm water. Yeah, I don't use real cold. No. Good. Yeah. <coughs> so good, you're not using ice cubes. When That's good. you only bloom once a year. Yep. I've Typically. Had, I've, I've had these blooming like two, two times. Well, that's good. And I don't do anything with them. And I thought, well, are they supposed to do that? You know? and, and you're fertilizing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if, if they're blooming twice a year for you, you're doing a good job. Uh, I usually just tell people once a year so they don't get too disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay, then I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah. Know. All righty. So like, you keep the poinsettia wet. Mm-hmm. They don't like to be soggy. I mean, right. They don't want to be standing in water. Yeah, okay. All right, well, I sure thank you guys for the... Sure. Information. Thanks for calling, Patty. We appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas to you. Uh huh. Bye bye. I find the points that as I've gotten over the past couple of years, they come to you with pretty wet soil, Mm -hmm. and they don't seem to dry down a whole lot before they they really need to be watered again. It's it's not the one of these plants that you want to wait until the top inch or two gets dry. Or the plant starts to wilt. Yeah, That's yeah. bad. Yeah. If you say wilting, I, I don't care what the soil looks like. Water it. Mm-hmm. Right away. Yeah. R- immediately. And and check the... You might... Boy, my brain isn't attached to my tongue today. When plants get so dry that they wilt, sometimes, depending on the potting soil, the soil may have gotten dry enough that it pulls away from the side of the pot. Yeah. So watering it from the top, the water will just run down the sides in that gap and out the bottom and never really wet the root ball. So take a look and make sure that the soil is still firmly all the way around the pot when you water and the water is actually soaking into the soil and not running down the the sides of the pot. And your pot should be significantly heavier once you're finished watering. Exactly. And that's how I tell when mine's ready to be watered. Yeah, just pick it up. I just pick it up. They're usually in small enough pots that that's not hard to do. When it starts to feel on the light side, but before it wilts, water it. Because if you let them wilt down, you start to lose leaves. The leaves turn yellow. The lower leaves turn yellow and fall off. And then you have this very embarrassed-looking plant with, Colorful bracts at the top and, no and naked stems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the time for the compost pile. <clears throat> yes, it is. So there you go. We've got uh, plenty of open lines for you to call in right now. Well, I, 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 I'm going to do my part, and that is to give you the phone number, 303-477-2473. And then what happens is, is you get put in the queue, and, and, and then like Carol right now in Highlands Ranch, we say, good morning, Carol. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm just fine. How about you? Oh, you know, it's a, it was a beautiful day out there, but cold? Oh, Holy cow, is it cold <laughs> out there. It really is. I was thinking all these 60-degree days. Don't you think we ought to start planting? <laughs> yeah, you got your tomatoes ready? Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> make sure you put walls of water up. 
I will do that. I have, and I have the red ones too, so those work better, right? All right. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the one with built-in heaters; those work good too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have a, a white fly problem. I oh. did my I did my cuttings and of the of my super genius, and I had 120 of them, uh-huh. and I'm down to less than 20. Oh no! It has just they have just devoured. Um, my plants. Oh and boy! When I when I brought them in the house to do this, I put them in the laundry tub and washed them in soap and water, and then I sprayed them with eight. And so I thought we. I didn't think I was bringing any hitchhikers in, but apparently I did. Yeah, so, when you do that, the way you treated them is a good idea. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't kill any eggs that may have been on those leaves. Yeah, yeah. So now we. I've been. Um, we have. Sprayed them with the, um, what is it, BioAdvance, which used to be there, um, insect disease and mite control. Oh, that's a and good I one. Have them, and I have them, um, and I know, I finally figured out when I was taking them out of the perlite and vermiculite mixture to put them in soil because they had rooted. I, that's when I started seeing all the white flies. Mm-hmm. So um, so we, we put the um, big top, the plastic top, dome top back on them. So that they're not sharing their their friends with my other houseplants. Good, yeah. But um, are, do you think I uh, could have a problem with my African violets, or I've, I've got a Norfolk pine? I've got um, um, what is that thing? What's that thing called? Um, never mind. But I want to know what else I can do because they just I keep I keep losing them, and we sprayed them. So we sprayed them like three times in the last week. Um, anything else I can do? You can, you can use that, that same spray concentration that you're spraying on the leaves. You can water into the soil. Okay. And, and I just um, spray the soil itself and then water it? No, don't spray the soil. Water the soil like you're doing a regular watering, but use the, the, uh, the mixture to do that. Okay. Well, it's, not a, it's a spray. It's not a mixture. It's not a... Right. It's a liquid. Right. It's a, it's a lick. Yeah, you, it's a concentrate, right? And you mix it with water? No. No, oh. it's not. It's just a You spray. bought the ready to use. Okay. Right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, what, I usually buy the concentrate. And then if I have a problem, I'll, I'll mix it up in a gallon container and, and just water the plants with it. Water the soil like a regular watering. But if okay. you've got the ready to use, yeah, that's all you can do then is to spray. Are you making sure you get the underside of the leaves? Well, we're trying, but that's that's a challenge. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because you kind of have to hold them up above your head and spray up, don't you? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, can I spray? Put this into the soil. Can I open the lid off and put a little bit down in the soil? Well, you know, that's not going to work. Just putting a little bit, it's not going to be enough of a concentration oh, in the okay. soil to work, and it'll just be a waste. Okay. I mean, you have okay. to put enough in there to soak the entire root ball. Oh, okay. So what? Okay, so if we go get some of the the uh, concentrate, what's what should I use for the mix on that to put into the soil? I believe it's three ounces per gallon. 
But the oh, label will tell I, you that. Yeah, the label will tell you. But the, I use it. I write it on the outside of the bottle of my container okay. so that I don't have to read the fine print every time because I'm not going to remember. So I just right. take a Sharpie and I write it in big letters on the outside of the bottle in the front. <laughs> and and uh, as I recall, it's three ounces per gallon. But, yeah, double okay. check the label. And then I just would it help at this point to put any of, the, any of those yellow strips? Yes, it would. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then okay. de- and do check your other plants in the, in the vicinity. Check the underside of the leaves to see if they've migrated over to them. Especially if you have any poinsettias or geraniums, uh, those are or mm-hmm. hibiscus. Those are those are white fly magnets. No. Um, and be prepared to to do this whole process uh, weekly for two or three weeks. Okay. So. How often should I water them? I had moved them into two and a half inch pots with uh, soil. Uh huh. So, okay. So I use that. You know that mix will last quite a while because we're down to just about fifteen or twenty two and a half inch um, pots. Okay. So yeah, you should if you can if you can give them a soil drench once every couple of weeks. Oh, okay. I don't need to. Water it with that on a you know a regular basis every time. No water. I don't need. Okay, so every two weeks I need to use the soil drench. Yeah, for I would say for three applications, and you can also use the spray on the foliage in addition to that until you until you're absolutely sure there's not a single one left. Okay. All right. A single white fly left, not plant, but a white fly. Right. Well, I'm just about down to to no plants because I started, I had 120 cuttings. They were looking really good, and then all of a sudden they decided, just started to um, shrivel up. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, it's, you know, they are really needing to be transferred into a pot. So I did, and that's when I saw the most, you know, when I really saw them. Yes, and the and the white fly, the, the larval stage, just... It, it, they suck the sap out of the plant. Yes, and it just uh, it goes down to nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Is there any? You think I'm going to be able to salvage any of these? If you're if you're persistent, you should be able to. Yes. Well, that I am. So <laughs> we can certainly do that. So every two weeks we'll do this plant dredge, and we'll. Um, how often would you recommend that I use the spray on the plants? Every two weeks. No, I'm talking about the um, the foliar spray. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, about every, about every t- couple weeks. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, you um, don't want to use it too too often because you can you run the risk of burning the foliage with you know too high a concentration of the stuff in the okay. leaves. Should I leave this dome lid on them? I would. That will that will contain the 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 white fly adults. Okay. Okay. Although. You're not getting any air circulation in there, and that you do run the risk of mildew or something like that starting up. Okay. So, what do you think, Jim? So, yeah, I'm thinking <clears throat> your cutting, your uh, rooted cuttings might be staying too wet too long with a with a dome on it. Okay. And that's going it to invite. Little, that's going to invite some rot in the sliders. roots. It it does have the little sliders which I can open up. Yeah. I, you know, uh, yeah, I, I would open them up. Although you know that that's going to allow the white flies 
that are yeah, flying to get out. Yeah, but okay. the plants still need to have some air circulation. Oh, got it. Okay, um, I can certainly do that, and, and I can put them in another room or whatever, and you know, give them some air once in a while if you think that's something they need. Yeah, to I, do. I, I, yeah, the slider thing is is fine. I, I would probably take that dome and instead of fitting it squarely on top of the of the flat or whatever it is underneath there, I would probably set it askew. Okay. And allow air to get, you know, through underneath the dome and then out through the top of the dome as well. Okay. We can do that. Not a problem. Um, what about spider plants? Are they susceptible to these mites? The white fly? I, I don't think I've ever seen white fly on spider plants. Okay. Well, the white... The ones that are really close are African violets, uh, spider plant, and uh, a Norfolk pine. Yeah, definitely uh, check the, sp- the African violets. Okay. Uh, quick question. I did root um, some African violets, and um, they are now, uh, I have repotted them, and they have about six dime-sized leaves on them. Uh-huh. And they've been that size for Oh, three or four months. <laughs> Is there anything I can do to get it to grow some more? I am fertilizing. I'm using a 20-20-20 fertilizer mm-hmm. on it. And they're sitting um, in a west bay window, and they're three, four feet from the sun. Okay. Um, the only thing, the only other thing I can think of is, is temperature. Yeah, what kind of temperatures um, do you think you're running there? 70 degrees. Oh, okay. Well, they should be fine with that. Okay. I, I don't know They're why they wouldn't be growing. Um, how big a pot are they in? It's a four-inch pot. Okay. I think it's just okay. going to be tight. It's just patience. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for your call, Carol. Okay. Bye-bye. We're going to take a little short break over the top of the hour, and it, uh, as I said before, this is one of the shortest breaks in history because uh, Sean will not allow any extraneous words to get in there. So we're going to see you right over the top.